Today, if we open the gospel, and the gospel, of course, begins the bread of life discourse, right? It's John's gospel. John chapter 6, verse 1. And uh, when we start in John chapter 6, verse 1, I want to use three different examples of people today. One is the crowd, one is Jesus, and one is the lad, okay? And we begin with the crowd. Later on, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee to the shore of Tiberias, and a vast crowd kept following him because they had saw that he was performing signs. He, because they saw the signs he was performing for the six, it says, verse 2. Now, let's look at the crowd first. The crowd were following Jesus for what? For the signs, for what they could get out of Jesus, right? Hey, Jesus, and there's a lot of people like that. I will follow Jesus as long as he takes care of me, as long as Jesus gives me what I want. You know, gimme, 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 gimme Jesus, huh? You know, this is all I want. I need healing, I need forgiveness, I need love, I need this, I need that. And as long as you give me what I need, Jesus, I will follow you no matter what. Ooh, he says, you'll follow me not for me, but for you. Now, some people can follow Jesus for the charismatic gifts. Oh, Jesus, give me the gift of prophecy and I will follow you always. Oh, Jesus, let me speak in tongues and I will follow you always. Ooh, he goes. What if I don't give you squat? Will you follow me? Well, for a while, but you're going to get me really mad. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Isn't that nice? So the first example of people we come to follow Jesus is the crowd. This is most people. Nobody here I know, no one at Bread of Life, because we're not like that. But most people are in the crowd following Jesus for what they can get out of him, huh? As long as you give me, Lord, we'll be fine. But as soon as you stop giving, I'm out of here. <clears throat> First. Next, you have the person of Christ. Now, the person of Christ, of course, here he is, he's been tired, he goes by himself, he's now, and he has these 5,000 men, which could have been as many then as 15,000 people in front of him. And he says, he is more concerned always about who? Them. Jesus is always more ec ec uh, ecstatic and more concerned about what can he give? How will we feed them? How will I take care of them? Now remember, this is important, because a Christian isn't a member of the crowd. A Christian, by definition, is what? Another Christ. Hmm. So, now Jesus comes, not with, what are you going to do for me? Because he knew the people weren't going to do squat for him. They were going to, you know, give me now, Jesus, feed us now, Jesus, and later crucify him, crucify him. We've had enough of you. He knew that before he walked into the reality. And yet, Jesus goes and was always more concerned about them. How are we going to feed them? So now we have a crowd that's concerned about me and gimme, gimme, gimme. Then we have Jesus that's always concerned about you and what can I give and how can I take care of you and how can I love you. And now we have a little boy. And this little boy is us, believe it or not, because when Jesus asked the question, how are we going to feed all, when uh, Philip asked, how are we going to feed all these people? And they said, oh, there's so many. And then 
One of Jesus' disciples is verse 8. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, remarked to him, verse 9, important. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and a couple of dried fish. But what good is that for so many? That's us. Each of us come today and we say, Lord, you know, I'm a sinful person. There isn't much to me. <laughs> My classmate is sneaking, sneaking in the back side there. I don't know why, Father Nick. I, he's supposed to be in Corey. Anyway, my, the, uh, aren't you supposed to be in Corey? The bishop is worried about your orthodoxy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell's a long time, Father. <laughs> Purgatory, maybe. Orthodoxy. See how holy this guy is, and you got me. Sorry. Pray God you might get him one day. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> see what I mean about being taken off track. <laughs> it's not hard for me. I see something and I just go. There's a little boy, huh? And it's us. We are the little boy. And sometimes we say, Jesus, I don't have much. I can't have anything to give. You know, I'm a pretty sinful person. And we keep focused on ourselves. We keep focused on what little I have instead of what greatness and what God can do. You know, what good is that? Jesus, what good am I? Jesus, what good is bread of life? Jesus, what good is my family? Jesus, what good? I mean, come on, we're all weak human beings. We don't have much, and there's so many people. The difference is when that little boy took what he had and he gave it all to Christ. Then when we finally are there and we can say, Jesus, take all that I am, all that I have, it's all yours, then he can produce abundantly. Notice, Jesus not only had enough fish to feed the little boy's need when the little boy gave him everything, he had enough to feed 15,000 and there was enough left over to fill 12 baskets. In ourselves, we can do nothing. But when we surrender it to God, he can do everything. This is the key. That we live the one life we have, and we give it totally, totally to Christ. Again, as I've talked about, following Christ is not about just going through the motions of being a good person. Following Christ is about total surrender of your and my life to Christ. That means that I'm always giving more than I'm receiving. Always. You know, again, I always like to go here to, <laughs> if you will, and I always say this, and this is, we're going to talk about spiritually, it's a little boom, but uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. The early Christian community, which was one community, is what the second reading's talking about today, this is what they believed. So much was generosity part of our lives. So much was it more important than give and contribute and be part of the community that those who did not, it says very clearly here, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, Indeed, when we were with you, we used to lay down the rule that anyone who would not work should not eat. Now that is also not only physically, but spiritually, that we, if we listen to the second reading today, are one. We are union with the Spirit, but every single one of us here must 
be giving to the whole body. I must be giving away my life for you. But you're not here. If you're just part of the crowd to gimme, 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 you're wasting your time. You must come here to Christ to give it all to him, to surrender it, to give everything, to hold nothing back. And when you give everything, you have nothing to be afraid of because he will give you abundantly back and he will give everybody more abundance. But the problem is, some people give nothing. We come to Christ to get, but we will never have an abundance in our life. Are you a person in need? Do you have some physical needs, spiritual needs, psychological needs? Do you need money? Then give it away, and I promise you, you're going to get it back. But if you sit there and say, oh, no, 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 I ain't got this much, and I got to take care of me, and who's going to take care of me? You're going to get squat. It's that simple. Now, I don't know how to make this real. I don't know how to get this, that everybody here must be giving more than they're taking. And that's not just with money. I could care less about money. It's time. It's work. It's giving of yourself. When you were here this week, will you give more than you took? And if it has to be money, that's fine. You know, one of the greatest people, they're not here right now, but they don't have much money. But you know what they do? Every week, they take all their envelopes and they put one penny in each one. Is that generosity? You betcha. What little they have, they gave, because they couldn't give time. They gave to the community. We need to give to the community because sometimes a few people in the community do everything, and the rest are the giver-takers. We need to be givers, not only here, but in the community of the church as a whole. We're going to be starting very soon. Uh, when, Nancy? When do we start our Sundays? The 13th of August. The 13th of August, what we're going to be doing is we're going to go down to the city mission, right? And the city mission, we're going to be giving food for the poor. We're going to be cooking. We're going to be cleaning. We're going to be preaching. Now, some same few, five people or ten people might sit there and give that. Will you be one of the takers? Will you be one of the givers? Again, every night before we go to bed, we should sit there and reflect on, was I a taker today or was I a giver? And every day that I was a taker, I got more than I gave. What a wasted day. God calls us to be like him. Always more concerned about others than we are about ourselves. Always. Always giving more than we ever could receive. And you do realize when you come to Christ, that's impossible. Because the more you get, the more you give, the more you get. It's just that simple. I have tried to outgive God in generosity for 40 years. I can't do it. It's impossible. And so too for you. So if you want an abundant life, if you want joy without measure, if you want all your needs to be met, then what you got to do is take everything you have and totally surrender it to Christ. Hold nothing back. And then God will take what you give him and feed the community. He'll feed Erie, and he can feed the world. 
Always he wants is for us who claim to follow him to give it all to him. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.